Hebrews, the fourth chapter, if you would. Let's stand as we honor God's word by standing tonight. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And uh, I'm only going to read one verse for tonight, and I'm going to preach my message from that one verse. Verse 3. For we which have believed... Now, these are... I guess these are profound and direct quest, uh, statements. For we which have believed do enter into rest. No and, if, buts about it. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Gracious Heavenly Father, we again thank you for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for those you've sent out tonight, Lord. We have a good number here, and I'm thankful for that. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless them, and Lord, I pray that you'll bless us throughout. And Lord, if everything goes well, then pray that you'll go with us as we live stream our message for Friday night on the virtual Bible conference that's taking place right now. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Go with us and take care of us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> title of my message tonight is we're, it's hard to get off of this because the Apostle Paul hadn't gotten off of it yet, but the title of my message is Rest from Our Works. Rest from Our Works. Um, I told you the, the, the first statement in the third verse is emphatic. For it says, for we which have believed do enter into rest. You know, if you if you believed and you're not an unbeliever, you believe, then you're going to enter into his rest. And you're going to learn later on in this message that you've all, you're already in it. You don't, some people don't realize it, but they're already into his rest. And we're, I'm, we're going to show you how and why in just a moment. But even on a secular job, you know, one must work before he or she gets to rest. You know, um, you can't go on a new job and first day go in at 8 o'clock in the morning and say, well, uh, I need to take a rest right now. You know, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, but... Uh, but eventually, during the day, on most jobs, you'll get an opportunity to rest. But this is something that uh, we want to look into before uh, we get into this. In a practical sense, now there's another key word. In a practical sense, this is what the, the Apostle Paul is speaking about here. In a practical sense, this is what he is speaking about here, though... We're going to find out later on he is speaking in the spiritual sense, but, but in a practical sense, that's the way it is, you know. Every, everybody likes a rest, you know. About 9, 15 at night, I'm ready to go to bed. As uh, Rhonda says, you're going to bed with the chickens again. Uh, but no, I don't have any chickens in the bed. But at any rate, uh, uh, you know, we, we all look for rest. And, and, you know, and, and our bodies need rest. Well, you're going to learn tonight that not only do our bodies need rest, 
but our souls and our spirits need rest. And you're going to learn about that tonight as we uh, get further into this message tonight. <clears throat> our works have already been delegate, delegate, delegated to us. And, and that was done before the foundation of the world, as he says up here. Every, the, our works, the works that he has delegated for us to do, were finished. Now, that's another good word. <clears throat> we're finished, you know, I'm like, getting kind of like Brother Ed, you know, Brother Ed liked words, uh, but that's another good word. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. In other words, the works that God gives us to do are in concrete. And let me tell you something else. We will do them. We will do them. That's that is, that is how he has set up everything. We will do those works that he, has, that, he, uh, that he gave us before the foundation of the world. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2 and verse 10, says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, that's, that's another emphatic statement. Let me read that again so everybody will get it because I, I don't know that how many people really study the Word of God. For we are His workmanship. We, his, the saved, those that have been born again, those that have been saved by grace, those that have been saved by, by grace through faith, all, all those, those that are the sons and the daughters of God, all of those are his workmanship. And, and God didn't save us just to sit down and do nothing. Some, some think that that's just the most wonderful thing to do. You can't do that on a regular job. They're not going to hire you on a regular job just to sit down and do nothing. They're going to hire you to work. Well, when God saved us, he saved us because... Not because we do work, but he saved us because we are his workmanship. We are the ones that he leaves here to do his work here on earth because he's not here anymore. Just like this, just like your pastor. Your pastor is here in the absence. He's an under-shepherd, which means he's here in the absence of the shepherd. And he's speaking, when Jesus was on the earth, Jesus spoke and he preached uh, he preached uh, uh, and taught all. He taught his truths, but when he went away, when he went away, he said that I will leave. I won't leave you without comfort. I will send a comforter, which was the Holy Spirit. And then he and then he talks in another place about those that he has called to do his work, to to do his preaching and to do his teaching for him while he's absent and that and that's that's why we have to be very very diligent in what we do as far as uh, serving the lord is concerned not many people are diligent in that they don't they just don't see that they just don't see the importance of that but it's very important very important because he he makes a statement here he says if they don't do it Paul says, 
as I have, he says, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Because if, if, you're, if you're those that don't do it, then you're not going to enter into his rest. You, I'm not saying that you, you're lost. I'm not saying that you're going to learn a little later on this message about what we're referring to here. I'm not saying that anyone is lost, but what I'm saying is that you are going to be in turmoil all of your life, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. You're going to be in turmoil all your life if you don't do what God has set you here to do. You, some people wonder, well, why am I always bothered about things? Well, it could be you're not doing what you should do. Uh, there's, you'd be surprised at people that come to the Lord's house, and I'm not talking about just here. I'm talking about everywhere. People who come to the Lord's house with their conscience so guilty, they can't look up because they have a guilty conscience because they have not done the things that God would have them do. Uh, if God delegated our works before the world began, and he did, there's no if to it, he did do it. If God delegated our works before the world began, and he did, we should be walking in them now, not when we retire from our secular job, not, not when we get back from vacation, not when, when our parents dies, not when family reunion is over, and certainly not at all. There, there's no reason why we should not be doing the works that God would have us here to do. And uh, I tell you, folks, uh, we, we put a lot of more things, more important, in front of our works that we think is more important for us to do. Oh, I've had it. It's been told to me. You know, it's been told to me that, uh, well, I'll do what I'm supposed to do when I retire. Or I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I've got to, I've got to watch after my mom and dad, and I'll do what I'm supposed to do when they die. And those type of things, you know. Uh, this is just so important. This is so important to me that I'm willing to give up what I'm supposed to do for the Lord to do these things. You know, I, I know some people think I'm kind of odd, you know, but in, in that. But, but I'm just telling you the truth, folks, as the Bible uh, teaches us. Now, we talked about the, the practical sense. What about the spiritual sense here when Paul speaks of this? Paul is speaking in the spiritual sense here. What about the spiritual sense? We, now let, here's, here's an emphatic statement I'm about to make. We already enjoy spiritual rest. That's what Paul says over there. For we which have believed do enter into rest. He's not talking about when we die. He's talking about now, right now, right this moment. If you're saved today, you're, you're in his spiritual rest. What does he mean by that? What, what's, what are we talking about? What do we mean by that? We're already enjoying spiritual rest every day. We're not under the law. We're under grace. That's taught in the Bible. I don't have time to go back and, and teach all of this. But that's taught in the Bible. It says low battery here. It's taught in the Bible. And, uh, and so certainly uh, 
this is uh, what we're, we're talking about. It's taught in the Bible that, uh, uh, that, that uh, we're going to we, we enjoy the rest. I've lost my place. If God delegated our works before the world began, and he did, we should be walking in them now. And I already said that. Now, what about the spiritual sense? We already enjoy spiritual rest every day. We're not under the law, but we're under grace. That, that is rest. Being under grace is rest. Being under grace is peace. Being under grace is joy. Being under grace is, is, is really uh, being thankful for what the Lord has done for us. Being under grace, that is rest. Christ paid that way for us when he nailed the old laws to his tree at Calvary. That's why we're under grace. Now, just imagine something here in just a moment. It is stated in Colossians 2, 14 and 15. I want to go back and read that. In Colossians uh, 2, oh, I've got it wrote down. Anyway, in Colossians 2, verses 14 and 15, he says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. The ordinances that was against us. <clears throat> Blotting out the ordinances which was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers. You know, we talk about a lot of times, we, we don't, uh, Paul says that we don't, we don't war against uh, flesh and blood, but we war against principality and power. Well, he's already conquered that force. He did that through grace. He's already conquered that force. He says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And uh, triumphing over them in it. And... Uh, Let me get my thoughts back together. It is very relaxing that we don't have to be burdened down with the many laws as the Old Testament saints were. That's what he's referring to. That's what he's telling these Jews here. He said, you think about your forefathers, your fathers, what they had to do to worship the Lord, what they had to go through to worship the Lord. So... Um, can you imagine how many laws there are just for cleanliness? Did you know you couldn't go into the tabernacle or you couldn't go into the temple unless you were clean? Now, you didn't go there dirty. You didn't go there with your street clothes on. You had to be clean. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about here in just a minute. Can you imagine many, how many laws there are for cleanliness? Let me give you an example. He says, And the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord were at, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. You know, I was accused one time by someone out there in the world that I stood back there at that door, made sure every woman had a head covering on, made sure every woman was dressed 
correctly and make sure that every, uh, every man looked, uh, was dressed properly. But I told him, I said, I don't do that. I said, I don't do that. I said, yes, I stand at the door, but I welcome people to come. But I, I don't do that. But they did that in the Old Testament. They had someone who stood at the door, and he made sure before a person went in to the, uh, out of the courtyard into the sanctuary, that person had to be properly dressed, had to be cleaned, and, and, and could not be dirty. That's, you, find, you find all that in Leviticus 14 and verse 11. If you want to read more about it, you can read the whole chapter there. That's what the whole chapter is about, cleanliness. 1411, can you imagine being cleansed at the door of the church before you can enter in? Or have a shower out there on the porch to where you tell somebody, well, you need to take a shower before you can come in here. That's, that's the law. Well, you know, we don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. I don't have to tell anybody, and we don't have to do that because we're under grace. We're not under the law anymore. That's, that's what he's trying to tell these saved Jews here. He says, you're not under the law anymore. Some of them still want to live under the law. They still want to do the things uh, under the law. And, and he said, you're not, uh, you're not to do that. So when we talk about that, we, we don't have to follow those laws, for Christ died to do away with them. This is spiritual rest. We're in spiritual rest right now. We're in spiritual rest right now. Now, if you don't have rest in your soul, and you don't have rest in your conscience, then there's something wrong. Serious. There's something wrong. Sad to say, there are some who still believe that we're still under those old laws. They try to put us back under them. That's what Paul said in, in the book. He told the Galatians. That's exactly what the Galatians were doing. Some of the Galatians were going around and they were telling these, some of these Jews that followed Paul up and, 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 and irritated him and, and, and followed him up. They were going in the Galatian church. They were telling those, uh, those people there in the Galatian church, you know, you have to do this. And Paul says, why would anybody who has been called out from under the law, why would he want to go back into the law? Why would, why would he want to go in and observe days and times and years, be, be shackled to those things? Why would he want to do that? Because he's been freed from those things. We've been freed from all those things. We're freed from them. Thank God we're freed from them. We, we wouldn't have many young people here tonight if we weren't free from them. Because you know what one of the laws was of the Old Testament? If you had a child that wouldn't do what you wanted them to do, then you sent them to the, to the elders. What did they do? They took them outside the camp and they stoned them to death. Thank God it's not like it anymore. Thank the Lord it's not like it anymore. Because all of us would have been, would have been under that stoning to death. And, and, and that, was, that was for any parent. That wasn't just for religious parents. That was for any parent. If they had an unruly child... 
They took him. They turned him over to the elders. The elders took him outside the camp, and they stoned him, or her, ever which it was. Thank God we're not under those. But there are some who still want to run. Well, even today, you've got people that want to teach legalism. You want to teach them that, that, and we just recently went through that. They want to teach legalism that uh, they wanted. They want you to observe the the uh, the Old Testament laws of eating. They want you to observe the Old Testament laws of of, of living. They want you to observe the Old Testament laws of, of everything. I. Some somebody one time back years ago, I read a book, and somebody in that book got down and they studied how many how many mosaic laws were they, and he and they came up with five thousand and three mosaic laws. These are things that these Jews had to do; they had to do, or they couldn't worship the Lord. They had to do it or they could enter into no rest. You know, you, they had to do it. Thank God it's not like that now. Thank the Lord it's not like that now. You know, we can miss church and get by. It's wrong. It's a sin, but we can still miss church and get by with it. In the Old Testament, you had to be there. In the Old Testament, you had to be there or you were stoned to death. 5,003 laws, mosaic laws, just in, I don't know, I don't know how many they counted, where they count them. I'm sure they got them out of Leviticus and, and, and Genesis and, and Exodus and Leviticus and those books, first five books of the Old Testament. That's where most of the mosaic laws are. And, and Jesus did away with those. You know, in Romans 10, here's what Paul said. That's what I was going to, I was turning to a while ago when I thought I had to turn to Colossians. Romans 10, I want to read something to you here, what Paul told those Romans. And he, he speaks to those Romans. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul didn't make no bones about it. He said they're unsaved. They're unsaved. They're going to. They're going to die and, and, and they're going to go to hell. Oh, they, they, were, they, were, they were some of them, and look what he says here. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And, and, and some of the reference will take you back to the book of Galatians. You'll find the same thing. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness... And going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, look at this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. You don't have to do those Old Testament laws. I used to get on those who would get off. They would get, they would get off on... Uh, uh, some legal, legalistic scripture to try to prove a point that they had in their head. The point in their head was that, that, that we're supposed to do this, and they go back and they try to prove it by some, some legalistic law in the Old Testament. You know, you can't do that. 
you can't do that, you know, because we're not under those laws. You can, you can tell me all day long, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, according to the, what the Bible teaches in the Old Testament. You can tell me that all day long. But I'm going to tell you, we're not under those laws anymore. That's what Paul means when Paul said there that every one of us that are saved, we're in the rest right now. We're in the rest right now. In, in Romans 10 again, he says, he says, for Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses, here he goes back. He says, for Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. That a man which doeth those things shall live by those things. Boy, you think about that. Even, even if the 5,003 are not right, you think about it. every day you get out of bed, you gotta think about those 5,003 laws that you have to live by. Did you know every family had to get a, had to get a, a, a sacrificial lamb and they had to raise that lamb up and see that that lamb didn't have any blemishes or spots because a day came when the Day of Atonement came, they had to take that lamb that they had raised all year long and they had to present it for their family as an atonement. If that lamb had spots or blemish, if that lamb was, wasn't raised right, if that, if, that lamb, if that lamb wasn't clean right, it was, it was not accepted. So what happens? For one solid year there, his whole family has to suffer because they did not have a sacrificial lamb. Think about that for a moment. That's just one of them. That's just one of them. Just one of them. Well, you, you think about 5,003 of them. I'll just use that example. I don't know if that's how many there are or not. I just I saw it in a book one time. You think about 5,003 laws that God laid down for those Jews. They had to watch how they walked. They had to watch how they talked. They had to watch how they dressed. They had to watch how they, had to watch how they did everything. Well, let me tell you, folks, you're in a rest right now. If you're saved by grace, you're in a rest right now because you don't have to adhere to those laws. Because Christ did away with them. He says over here, verse 6, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend <laughs> into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. All that was done in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't have to. God, God never told us that, that, that we had to ascend up in heaven and bring Christ down. He said, I've already sent him. He's already here. He says in the eighth verse, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Paul said, that word is in us. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm preaching that word to you to give you, to show you that you have rest if you're saved. That you don't have to do all these things. 
Well, what saith it? We said that. Verse 9, he says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Some people say that's too easy. It's not. It is, it, it is easy for a person who's been... Who, who has been uh, spoke to by the Lord. Has any of you here had a tough time being saved? All I hear, what I hear now is, oh, I'm just so thankful God saved me. You didn't have a tough time being saved. All you had to do was believe and trust the Lord. And you only did that after the Lord Holy Spirit got a hold of you. Because you can't believe until the Holy Spirit get a hold of you. We got the low battery again. Let's just let it go this time. But at any rate, at any rate in the, uh, well, we already, we already got Romans 10. I turned too many pages. Romans 10 and verse 10 says, For which, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the soul unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's true. You know, if God is dealing with you right now, right this minute, and you ask the Lord to save you, you're saved. If the Lord is dealing with you. You don't, you don't, you don't have to walk this church aisle to be saved. You walk this church aisle because you want to let everyone know that God has saved you. You don't have to get in these baptismal waters to be saved. You get in there because... You want to live for the Lord and walk for the Lord and do the things the Lord would have you do. That's why you do that. That's why you get in there. Now, why are why are we able to rest? Why are we able to rest? Well, we're kept from the evil by an omnipotent God who is able to keep us from falling. That's why we're able to rest. You know, I can I can rest assured every day that if I follow the Lord, He's going to keep me from losing my salvation. He's going to keep me from losing. If, if I believe that Jesus Christ and I do, He's going to keep me uh, in His. Um, he's going to keep me from falling. He keeps us. He keeps us in perfect peace, in much spiritual ease. For this characteristic keeps us from the unbelievers who wrestle with the truth. What is the truth to a lot of people? Well, all the Old Testament is the truth. Oh, Brother Paul, I want to show you what it says in the Old Testament. I want to show you what the Bible says we should be doing in the Old Testament. You don't go with those laws. You'll say, well, there's a lot of the prophets, sure. A lot of the prophets taught a lot of things that adhere, that go, that adhere to us today. 
For instance, when Amos said, can two walk together except they be agreed, that, that has, that, that's universal. The Ten Commandments are universal law. They're universal law. They're, they're, they were not mosaic laws. They were universal laws. They're universal laws in the Old Testament. And, and they're there. And, and if you know where they are and, and which ones are the universal laws, then it's okay to use those. It's okay to preach on them. It's okay to use them in that sense. <clears throat> there are those who are constantly in turmoil in the spirit, for they know not the God of all peacekeeping. They don't know him. You know, if, if God keeps your, keeps your peace, then you have peace with God every day. You don't, you're not like the man that I know here in the county that said he prays every day to be saved. You don't have to do that because you have peace and you have rest because you're one of God's children. These are the ones who God has sworn in his wrath that they shall not enter into his rest. Why? God finished his work on the ones he chose before the foundation of the world. Before God ever saved you, he already had it set up for you for the rest of your life. You want to know what God expects out of us? Study the word of God. And it will teach you what God expects out of us as saved people. What God expects out of us as saved people. Why is that? God finished his work. Oh, I already said that. A truly saved person is a spiritual rest every second of every day he lives here on the earth. And my last thought tonight for this message is, why are there some who will never find rest? I've had people tell me if my mind would just quit rolling, if my conscience would just clear up, you know, I would be just fine. Why is it that some are like that? Psalms 95 and verse 8 through 11 says, 40 years, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart and that have known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. You know, God is grieved at those who can't find rest. I'm trying to teach you tonight why. Could this be the problem with some today? Have they so erred in their heart that God no longer works with them? That's just a thought. I've said this many times over the years. You have not been quit upon until God quits on you. Who in, the, who in the Bible did God quit on? Esau. God quit on him. Esau was a, was a righteous man. He was born of a righteous father. He was taught a righteous life. He's a righteous man. But God quit on him because he did the very thing that God told him not to do. He sold his birthright. God gave him that birthright, and he turned around and sold it. 
he warned those in Genesis. And the Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. What were they before this? That's, that's, that's found out in Genesis 6 3. What were they before that? Before man erred constantly, his days could have been 929, like Methuselah. His days could have been 929, like Methuselah. But God said, no, his days are now going to be, uh, <clears throat> his, day, his days are going to be 120 years. What is man today? but one who might live to be 70, which is his days. So why has God come down, down, down? There's a time when man could live 929 years, as Methuselah did. Others lived 800 years. A lot of them lived 700 years. Why, why uh, Abraham uh, uh, got a child, at, at, well, Sarah got a child at 100 years old. What, what, what can happen if we're in that rest today, in that peace that God gives each and every one of us? What are our, what are our days? God's not going to change that. You know, I, I've lived longer than 70 years. What does the Bible say about that? The Bible says they're not going to be good years. As far as the Lord is concerned, as far as my preaching is concerned, they have been good years. But as far as my health is concerned and, and, and what, I, what I can do and can't do, they haven't been very good years. So let me, let me tell you, folks, there's a lot to what Paul said in that one verse. All right, let's all stand and let's be dismissed.